Hello, this is Scott Gordon. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, this is the biggest suitcase to ever play the game, Mike McKenna. This is Dale Weiss. Hey, this is Riley Cote. Hi, this is Bob Clark. You're listening to. And you're listening to. You're listening to. And you're listening. You're listening to. You're listening to. Snow the goalie. The snow the goalie. 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 Hi, my name is Ali Vigneault, coach of the Flyers. You're listening to Snow the Goalie. Welcome in to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers radio show here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. You know, Russ talks way too much, Ryan. He's in here. He's bending my ear, okay, telling me that I need to, you need to retweet all the stuff I tweeted out, get the following, to call and listen to the show, ba 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 And this is what I, and, and he's not even paying attention to you that you're giving him two minutes, one minute. Russ, it's time to start the show. The music plays, and you're in here bending my ear, not even paying attention to what Do your job. Do Listen, producer on the other side, knock on the glass. Guys sitting next to me with the big following on Twitter, do your job. And by the way, Philadelphia Flyers, can you please do your job? And win a game, right? Is that what you want? Win a damn game. <laughs> Just one. Welcome to Snow the Goalie. The first Just one. The first Snow the Goalie of the 2020 year. I was going to come in like nice and calm. We're a little fired up to well, start you guys 2020. Had, you, you, just, you team, you team up, all right? <laughs> and here's the thing. We had a lot of angry fans coming at us on Twitter, and it's not its not our fault. It's not like we didn't tell you that this was going to be a rough road trip, and it's not like we didn't tell you that the next stretch after this is also going to be Murderer's Row. This yep. is a, a very tough part of the schedule for the Flyers, and, you know, I, I, I will say this. I said on Twitter over the weekend that I didn't expect them to beat Arizona. And I was I was kind of passive about it, and and I realized, and we'll talk about this on the next show on Crossing Broadcast from six to seven, that the Sixers and Flyers fans right now, to me, are oddly one and the same. There's not a lot of things that connect those fan bases, but the way that we've gotten into this, treat every game of an 82 game schedule like it's an Eagles game, like it's one of 16. Right. It's driving me kind of nuts, and. And it, it's almost as if people have lost perspective on what one loss means, especially to a Western Conference team. And I just merely said in passing, like, you know, I didn't expect them to beat Arizona. It is what it is. And some friends of ours from, a, uh, I think it was O&B Puckcast, I, I listened to their show, and they they were saying they were a little bit frustrated with me for for kind of being dismissive. Mr. Negadelphia. And here's the thing. Negative I Russ. Like, I like those guys. Uh, you know, we have lots of friends who are uh, Flyers podcasters. We like them. I am now willing to admit that there are more podcasts for the Philadelphia Flyers than just Snow the Goalie. But after all, there is only one Flyers radio show, and you're listening to it here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. if you want to call in and talk about the Flyers, uh, they've had a brutal road trip one and four on this trip uh, and the one win against Anaheim wasn't even that great of a game but they did win the game if you want to give us a call toll free 888-728-9941 that's 888-728-9941 talk flyers with Russ and me Anthony Sanfilippo uh, coming to you live from the 610 studios here in the heart of Philadelphia 
I'll tell you what. And I was in good mood because I just had the best corned beef Wait, s- now, special of my life. And I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you rant about your corned beef sandwich in just a second. But I wanna say this. Okay, people we people like you know, the shtick that you and I have, right? I mean, you know, yep. big, the big brother, little brother kind of thing that we do, right? Russ always beats me to the studio. He gets here, it comes, I guess you you, you know, you come straight from from, from work from work yep. and, and you come here. So you're always here first. And I got here a little bit earlier than usual today, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to get an opportunity to have dinner. I'm going to stop at the little deli downstairs here in the building and grab myself something to eat. I come walking into the studio, and you have a corned beef special. I do. I sit down right next to you. And what does Anthony Sanfilippo whip out but a corned beef special (laughs) of his own? Now, they're not from the same place, and I'm not going to plug the place because they're not a sponsor. We might have to have a chat, but- Oh, you can say it. No, I'm not. I refuse. <laughs> we do not give free publicity here on Snow the Goalie. Uh, All right? We do have sponsors that we'll get to a little bit later. But I have to say, great minds think alike. Yeah. Corned beef special today. Mine was delicious. Mine was good, too. It wasn't, I'm sh- certainly, I know it's not as good as yours because I've eaten at the place you got okay. yours at, and yours was, uh, your place is significantly better. But um, I just thought it was funny that the two of us came in here and we're constantly at each other's throats and we're both eating the same eating thing. Eating the same thing. Now, look, <laughs> here's the thing that I guess we, we need to get into. Of course, we're going to break down yes, the, talk the about Flyers. Yes, we talk, the, talk about the, the game. The Flyers' disastrous road trip. And I think disastrous is a fair way to categorize it. Um, and, of course, today is also, it would have been. The, Ed Snyder's. Ed Snyder's 87th, 87th birthday. birthday. That's correct. And so we we are, of course, going to talk about some of the great memories of, of Ed Snyder and his legacy. So we'll get to that as well. So if you want to give us a call to talk about the Flyers, if you want to give us a call to talk about Ed Snyder, 888-728-9941. Uh, one thing I want to say about the, uh, the road trip uh, before we go to the calls um, is that the, uh, you know, the Flyers, Russ, I, I did a story on Crossing Broad last week kind of breaking down why the Flyers struggle so much on the road uh, as opposed to at home and it's not just a mental thing oh my god you know they're they can't win win when they're away from home it's not has nothing to really do with the coaching bad coaching on the road and bad and good coaching at home it's it's not that specifically um but what it is okay is that um you know, you get when you're at home, the coaches have an opportunity to get little advantages. Yep. Okay. So when you're coaching at home, you get the last line change. You get to decide who you want on the ice against whoever the other team puts out there on the ice. And it may not lead to a goal. It may or may not. Um, but it could lead to a, a, an offensive zone faceoff. It, it could lead to a penalty drawn, and then you get a power play. You know, it could lead to any number of little things within the game. Okay. Um, that could that could you know change the momentum of it, and for the uh, when you're on the road you don't really have that advantage so you've got to kind of play it a little bit differently so you need the team to kind of really fit into the system and play the system the right way. Well, you know what what ends up happening here is is that the Flyers have not been getting good goaltending, and if you don't get good goaltending, then the play in front of you changes a little bit. And then the play in front of you isn't, you know, following that system. And then you don't get to make those little coaching changes on the road game that could kind of, you know, win you marginal things. Mm-hmm. It just snowballs on you. And I think that that's kind of what has happened to this Flyers team on this road trip. Let's get to the phones. All right. Well, well let's. Here, so here's the thing. We have a, a, a very special guest. I was hoping it would be a little bit later in the show, but we'll go to him now. It's totally cool. Um, 
Yeah, uh, you know, we, we we've mentioned that today is the 87th birthday of Ed Snyder. Uh, would have been uh, his 87th birthday. Yeah, uh, passed away back in 2016. Uh, former flyer, former Flyers owner. And there's not many people on this earth who know uh, Ed as well as our next guest, Lou Schoenfeld, who used to be like Ed's right hand man down there in the Flyers. Lou, thanks for joining us here on Snow the Goalie here on, here on ESPN Radio. Well, great. You know, I'm just sitting here having a corned beef special, and I figure, well, maybe <laughs> yes! I should call you guys. Yes! Out of way, Lou. Out of boy. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Well, you know, Big Ed would have been 87 today. I'm sure that you've uh, got some great memories uh, of your time spent with Ed uh, down down at uh, the Spectrum and uh, even Wells Fargo Center, uh, on the road and whatever. Um, t- tell us a little bit first, maybe – uh, what what was Ed like that the public didn't know? Like what didn't you know? What didn't the public really know about Ed and and the kind of person that he was? Well, I, I met Ed when he was thirty three, so that's uh, fifty four years ago uh, when he first came to Philadelphia to uh, run the Philadelphia Eagles for Jerry Wallman. And uh, I got to tell you that um, uh, until the day he died, he he didn't he never changed. He was the same intense. A laser-focused guy who just um, put his mind to something, and by sheer will or whatever, he got it done. And I got—I I learned so much from him. Uh, we were best friends for many years. Um, I was his conscience because I was the uh, good cop; he was the bad cop in a sense. Uh, but he—he—he he, um, he, he just did so much because he rolled up his sleeves and he went to work. He worked right alongside of everybody. I, I never saw a guy work harder seven days a week and at NHL meetings, city hall meetings, finance meetings, uh, meetings with the coach going into the locker room after every game. Uh, you just don't see an owner like that. No, you don't. You don't. And one other thing that you know, not a lot of people uh, in the public were aware of, but a lot, those of us who were down there at the arena uh, and who got to know Ed, I mean, we, we knew this. He was very superstitious, wasn't he? I'm sorry. What was that word? He was very superstitious. Superficial? No, superstitious. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I thought, wow, you guys are going to piss me off. No. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're really no. going in on Ed today. No. Oh, no. No. He, I'll tell you how superstitious he was. If we were driving down the street, and this actually happened on Roosevelt Boulevard, and we turned off on some side street to go to a rink, and a black cat crossed in front of our car, he backed up, went down another street, and we drove about four miles out of our way to go around and, and get to this place. And he, he um, even, even in 2000 and Let's see. Uh, I don't know. He passed away in 16. So probably 2015, a year before he really uh, fell ill. He, um, uh, we were at the game and it was just he and I sitting in the, in the, uh, his suite and it's just middle of the second period. And I, uh, we're, we're up two to nothing. And our goalie, I forget who it was, but he was playing like lights out. And I said to Ed, Ed, I'm thinking shutout. He turned around and grabbed my arm. I can still feel the grip, and he said, don't say that. Don't say that. You'll jinx us. I mean, he was totally superstitious. One year um, when uh, uh, Fred Shiro was our, our coach, we were in Buffalo, 
And uh, we were going to Buffalo to end the season, and uh, all we had to do was win or tie, and we'd win and uh, get in the playoffs. And uh, prior to that, I told him we were going to send the uh, playoff tickets out. And oh. he said, uh, okay. He said, wait a minute. Today's Friday the 13th. You can't send them out. And we, we all went, oh, come on, Ed. What's that got to do with anything? Sure enough, we sent them out, and sure enough, we lost that game. And and wasn't that the game? Now, that was right before I was born. I was born in 74, so I you know I, I might have uh, – my memory might be a little bit off here. Um, but uh, it wasn't that the game where the goal occurred. They would have with like four seconds left that cost them the pl- cost you guys the playoffs too. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. They scored two goals. One one tied the game and one beat us. And uh, with four seconds left, and I forget the guy who hit that shot. But I asked Joe Watson about it a, a while ago, and Joe is a walking encyclopedia. Uh, he he immediately knew who it was and, and cursed out the guy right on the spot. <laughs> That's Joe fa- was so upset. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And and Ed was, you know, he was one of the great quotes too, Lou. When it when it really came down to it, I mean, nothing. You know, I think back of into my time, you know, uh, being around the team and covering the team. Uh, you had the the time in '99 when they lost in the playoffs to Toronto, and he went off on Terry Gregson. Uh, the referee after the game. Um, there was the time he told me that the whole damn team stinks uh, after they lost nine to one in Buffalo. Um, I mean, he was just it, the Flyers were his baby, and and he treated it as such. And and I think that that was what made him such a special owner uh, in this town. Well, he he lived and died with the Flyers. If if we lost, you don't go near him, and you didn't talk to him the next day. Uh, he would come into the office a little red-eyed, maybe around noon or one o'clock, and uh, he and I would go out to lunch after a loss, and, and he was just despondent. I mean, it really crushed him. And But you know what? Win or lose, he went into that locker room after every game. Yep. And he, he went to a lot of road games, especially playoff games, never missed one. And he commiserated with them or he congratulated them. And and they knew he was there. And then he would sit down with the coach and talk. And then he would sit down with the general manager and talk. And and by the time he came up to the lounge, it was like an hour and a half, two hours after a game. And we all wanted to go home. And now he feels like having a drink. And, and it's like, but if he's in a good mood, he's fantastic. And it's like the wife. If she, <laughs> she's good, she's very, very good. I guess I probably shouldn't say that. He was your work wife, Lou. That's what he was. He was your work wife. Um, if, if, if do you have one uh, like a funny anecdote or funny story? If you go back through the through your time with with uh, with Ed, that maybe isn't uh, you know a well known. Uh, Ed's story yeah, I that you have, could share. I have a bunch of them, and uh, one of them is um, uh, God. There's so many, but there's one that uh, is, shows his sense of humor, which a lot of people never got to see. So uh, one one day after a Flyers game, we we went back to the directors' lounge, and at that time, uh, Comcast Spectacle still owned the Seventy Sixers, and they were in Detroit, and their game was running a little behind ours, and. Uh, when we got to the lounge, Ed said to uh, uh, Clayton, the uh, major domo of the room, Clayton, can you change the channel so we could catch the Sixers game? Well, they had just gotten these new high-tech 4K, 5DEF, whatever you call it, TVs, and Clayton wasn't really familiar with the remotes because it was so jazzy. So he tries to change the channel. He can't change the channel. Ed says, give me the remote. Ed tries. He can't change the channel. Just then, Jack Williams, uh, who was the head at that time of Comcast Spectacle of um, Comcast Sportsnet, 
walks in, and Ed says, Jack, you know all about TV, cable. Can you change the channel? He can't change the channel. <laughs> but my, my wife is sitting next to me, and she says, how many CEOs does it take to change the channel? So just then, who walks in but Brian Roberts? And now he is the grand poobah of all cable, and Ed says, Brian, can you change the channel? <laughs> Ed, well, Brian is fiddling with the remote. Ed walks over to us, and he says to my wife and I, see, you call Comcast, they send somebody right over. <laughs> That's great. Lou, uh, I'm sure you have dozens and dozens and dozens of stories. Uh, Ed was uh, one of a kind in this town, um, and I, I always try to extol, to, especially to a younger fan base now, um, just what Ed was like, uh, even in, more in his heyday. I mean, I think a lot of the younger fans kind of remember the, Ed of the, at the end of the Ed Snyder era, but um, I, I, I try and explain to them that there was a, this guy meant so much more. I, I know that like, um, you know, today uh, the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Foundation is, is uh, paying tribute to him online. I, I know the kids, they w went undefeated this weekend in a tournament that they played, and they, tribute, they paid tribute to Ed. Like, there was so much more to this man than just being the, the outspoken owner of the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, he, he is missed, and there's a big hole down there. I mean, uh, uh, Dave Scott and the guys are doing the best they can, but uh, uh, th there are no Ed Snyder. That's right. That's right. Well, Lou, thank you once again. We really appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us today. Anytime, guys. Good luck. Thanks. It's Lou Scheinfeld, former executive vice president of the Philadelphia Flyers. That's great. Yeah, he's funny. I, lo I love the fact that he gave us the uh, corned beef line at the beginning, too. That was nice. That was good. Well that done good. out of him. <laughs> Let's get back to the phone, because we had somebody call in in the first two minutes, and I know, of course, I, Lou, Lou jumped in there. We got to go to Lou. Yeah, poor. Well, let's go Let's go over to the uh, to the phone line again, 888-728-9941, 888-728-9941. Dave, you're on the line. Hey. Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing great, Dave. I really enjoy the show. I sent you an email recently, Anthony, uh, about your, your article on uh, Nicholas Abe Kubal. So, uh, you, and you encouraged me to call in. So uh, I really appreciate what you guys do every week. And it's, it's enjoyable because the hockey fans around here don't get enough say. And you guys, are, it's really a great show. So Thank I just you so want much. to start off by saying that. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Uh, this road trip is like the uh, the nightmare after Christmas. I'm, I, I'm just really frustrated. And, I, you know, I couldn't figure it out, and I'm glad you brought it up. You know, I'm a huge fan of Carter Hart, as many people are. But it seems like, to me, I, I watch his body language. He's back in the net. He's, he's more passive. And the team, because he's letting in some crappy goals, I think the team's getting a little – playing a little scared, too. I, I noticed there are gaps between, you know, defensive mm -hmm. gaps or, or, or poor – that game in Vegas, they were just it was like the Schuylkill Expressway. They were rushing through the you know neutral zone like high speed, you know, and it was just horrible. And and they they started out both games well, that one in in the, in the Arizona game. But then it was just like, oh my God, that that, that goal that, that looked like it was a tennis ball that bounced in uh, the first goal we let in in Arizona. That I'm, I'm yep. like, oh my God, I can't believe this. So, but you know, he's a young kid, and I, I think he's very mature. I saw a little crack in the armor when he was interviewed after the game by Sam Carcitti, and he asked him a question about that goal, and it looked like he was like kind of staring him down a little bit. Maybe that's my, that's my take on it, but you know, he, he's human. You know what I mean? So I, I think he just needs to get a, a good, solid win on the road, and I think this will help him. Yeah, I, so. I, I think that you, you have a pretty good assessment there because it, what ends up happening is that you know 
the system is put in place. And one thing that you know we talked about when the Flyers hired Elaine Vigneault back last year, Russ, we we actually talked about this. Um, you know, the one thing was is that you know this this system is going to be fun. The team's going to be likable because they're going to play at an up tempo. They're going to be an aggressive team. They're going to be a four checking team. They're going to be a possession team. But it was only successful in New York because you know, when they had good goaltending. And Lund- when Lundqvist was in his prime, and then when Lundqvist started to fall off a little bit, it started to it started to fail a little bit. So it is indicative of, on good goaltending. Um, and when so when Hart or Brian Elliott are in net and playing well, the Flyers look good, right? Or at least look competitive. Um, but when they don't, when they're a little off, the system looks to have those little problems, little gaps, like you're talking about. They don't close the forwards don't get back and close that gap down enough. The defensemen are left on an island a lot of the time, um, and then once once they start losing a little bit of their um, a little bit of their uh, I guess moxie, a little bit of their confidence, um, then all of a sudden what ends up happening is they start playing with a little bit a little timid. Uh, and then you know they turn the puck over, and then the other team controls possession, yeah. and it just looks you know it's 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 a snowball effect is really what it is. But it starts yeah. with the goaltending. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. And I think also I noticed on the PK there's way too much room. There's more than a stick length away for them to, to try to you know to get close to the guy. It's usually the the new system which I love is they're aggressive and yeah. they seem like they're giving guys way too much time to make a play. And you what do is that in, in any league? You, even the mediocre guys, and they'll, they'll make it look bad. And yeah. what does that speak to? A lot of times that speaks to a team that's afraid of giving up that goal, especially on the road. And they, they're, almost, they're almost passive to a fault, right? By sitting back yeah. so far and being afraid to get themselves, you know, pressing towards the blue line, now all of a sudden you've, you've taken away any kind of, of ability that you typically would have to, to try to pressure, force a turnover, and go the other way. You're kind of sitting back because you're afraid that you're going to get caught out and you're going to be the guy who's on the highlight reel that's getting skewered by people like us. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Dave, thanks for the kind words about the program and, and uh, all that Russ and I do. Oh. And we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, take, take care. care. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I really think that that's, that's what it becomes, Russ, is that you get that – the the goaltending is kind of kind of is what dictates the confidence of the team in front of him. Yeah, right. And so I think that that when you have Carter Hart at 21 years old losing a little bit on the road, and everybody's saying, "Well, gee, why aren't your numbers as good on the road?" And then if, at 21, it's going to get into your head a little bit that, "Oh my God, I can't play on the road." And, and then that's that's kind of what takes place. And then he struggles, and he's lost, what, seven in a row now on the road? I think it is. I think his losing streak has reached seven games in road games. He keeps getting pulled on re- in road games. Um, and, and then the team in front of him is like, well, gee, how are we going to ha- – got to help the kid. And so they take, take their foot off the pedal a little bit, and they get a little bit conservative. Like you were just saying, the penalty kill, which was great up until this road trip, now is mediocre. Yep. Uh, and it's because of that, because they're like, well, we can't be too aggressive because if we are, then we give up this space and we were supposed to take away time and space and they get a shot. And if they beat the goalie, then all of a sudden things are going to go awry. That's kind of where the Flyers have gotten to now. They're no longer uh, the, the confident team they were you know, in November and early December. They've, they've kind of fallen off the map a little bit. Remember when we interviewed Elaine Vigneault before the season and, yeah. and he talked about the way that he sees the modern game uh, in terms of the split between goalies going from 70-30, 60-40, and get even, even closer to 55-45. 
On the other side, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell the people listening, why AV needs to go to a 50-50 split where Carter Hart does not start another game on the road. Okay, that's a little nuts. But okay, well, well I can't wait to hear this. We're going to get to that on the other side. Give us a call, 888-728-9941. This is Snow the Goalie on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Oh, yes, my friends, we are back on Snow the Goalie here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Anthony, there is nothing that I would rather have yeah. in this moment right. than an ice-cold beer from Odd Logic Brewing Company. You know, it sounds fantastic. It's the number one place to go, especially on the weekend. You're getting yourself hyped up for, well, what would have been an Eagles playoff game as our Giants fan behind the glass sits and, <laughs> and laughs. But that's, that's another story for another show. But if you're going to watch the Flyers on the weekend, there's no reason that you should not get yourself out to Odd Logic Brewing Company. They're located over at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA, out in Bucks County. And I know a lot of times I talk to people and they say, it seems like a far drive. Listen, you could go to some schleppy place near your house that has been serving you the same light beer swill on tap for, I don't know, the, the last 20 years. Or, or you can get in your car like an adult, make the drive, and get out to Odd Logic Brewing Company. And this is why. They're innovators, and quite frankly, they're set up that you have the best time you could have at a brewery. I'm going to tell you why. This weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're going to be open. Thursday, it's a BYOF, bring your own food, deliver right to the, uh, to the brewery. Friday, they're going to have stuffed buns food truck starting at 5 o'clock. Saturday, they'll have burrito Felice 4 p.m., and later, and then on Sunday, they'll have Chuck's Barbecue out there at 2 p.m. Here's the thing you want to keep in mind about Odd Logic Brewing Company. We said, you know, a week ago or so, they were putting their double IPA through fresh pineapples. Great moment. They've got new brews that they're rolling out for the new year. They're going to have four variations of a 9% stout this weekend, including a cookies and cream coffee variant on Nitro. That's awesome. Let me say that again. Four variations of a 9% stout, including cookies and cream, coffee variant on Nitro. If that doesn't make you want to get in the car or call an Uber, call a Lyft, whatever, call your grandmother, let her drive. She probably would love it. Get out to Odd Logic Brewing Company. Give that a shot. They have uh, a bunch of new beers coming this week. They also have a, a hazy IPA, a traditional American IPA called An Off Will Go. That has uh, citrus and tropical fruit flavors with a classic IPA, slightly bitter finish. Plus, there's an Irish red ale coming to the taps as well. Plus, on Saturday night, not only are they going to have Burrito Feliz from 4 p.m. on, 7 to 10 p.m., they're going to have live music going at Odd Logic Brewing Company. That sounds like a weekend of fun, doesn't it? It does. So go check them out. 500 Bristol Pike, Bristol, PA, Odd Logic Brewing Company. Get out there. You will not regret it. Who's going to be there again Friday? Uh, it's going to be Stuffed Buns. Grandma would like that one, right? <laughs> I'm interested in some Stuffed Buns right now. That's right. Oh, let's get back, let's get back to the Flyers conversation. <laughs> oh, righty. Russ, you're allowed to laugh. You're allowed to laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Russ is trying. Russ, my favorite part about it is Russ is tr- sitting here trying to laugh quietly because he doesn't want to laugh into the microphone. 
He's leaving it to me. Make me sound like I'm the only one who finds this humorous. But I know he's laughing really hard. <laughs> so, but anyway. Let's get, we, let's, get to the let's, get, let's get back to the phones. Talk more flyers. We got Neil and Bryn Mawr. Neil, you're on Snow the Goalie Radio here on 610 ESPN. Gentlemen, how you doing this evening? We're, so, we're doing okay. We're Russ is so recovering. Long, Russ so is recovering. How are you? Okay. Um, I was in Glendale on Saturday night. Oh. I, um, it was kind of a an impromptu trip, and it was probably, I want to say it was 65 70% Flyer fan. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm going to take a little bit of an issue of, um, not, not an issue, but I almost sense, and it's strictly on the road, you guys hit it right on the head, that they're back to being fragile. Even when it was nothing-nothing for, I want to say, the first 13 minutes of the first period, I had upper-level seats. It's a, it's a beautiful arena. Actually reminds me of T-Mobile Arena in Vegas where the Golden Knights play. It's, it's like a carbon copy of it. I felt, as a fan, like I was just waiting for the, for the shoe to fall or the shoe to drop. And when that when the first goal went in, the one that trickled through Carter Hart's arm, I it, it, they just I just felt the collective sigh from the bench, and I was about you know a thousand yards from from the bench because I was so high up. They they have to get over this, and you know I'm a Giroux fan. I'm not a Voracek fan, but it's it to me they've overcome being fragile at home, obviously. They have to find a way to get over it on the road. It, it's embarrassing. Yeah. That and you, go ahead, you can Neil. let up four goals, three straight games in the first period. They're awful on the road. They are absolutely god awful on the road, and they got to get over it. Yeah, um, you're not you're not wrong, Neil. And the one, only thing I want to I want to kind of maybe clarify a little bit is is I don't necessarily think this team is fragile like the other teams were. You're, you, I know what you're saying because the teams in the past few years, there's no doubt about it that the first sign of trouble, they automatically just broke down completely. And and then you knew. Like you would watch the game and you, they give up a goal and you'd be like, yeah, we're done. They're, there's not, they're not going to recover from a one nothing deficit, right? At least with this team, the one thing I could say is, is that they don't you don't ever see them giving up. Like look at the Vegas game, for example. They got behind they got behind early and and by a lot. They have what four goals in the first period and almost came back and tied that game. Okay. So I, 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 I agree. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit different. I think it's a little bit different. I, I think it's the way that they're playing, but not necessarily a fragile mindset. Well, I, I I'm not gonna disagree with that. However, what I will say is I see it in different ways. And actually, ironically enough, this was the first live game I've been to this year. It happened to be 2,500 miles away. But they may put up 25, 30 shots, but no one's in front of the net. They lose on the road. They lose every battle in front of the net, except for the one Couturier um, shoved to him against Anaheim. And I think there was one Couturier scored on a rebound in Vegas. But that first period, like, I don't know where the Kevin Hayes line was. Um, JBR, Kentucky played hard. But JBR and Kevin Hayes were awful against Arizona. Absolutely awful. That line was pathetic because they lost every board battle in the first period. And it was worse when Carter let up the first two or three goals. So yeah. I'm calling out the veterans here, man. I'm calling out JBR, who they have got to get more from that dude at seven million a year, guys. Um, I, I don't. 
I don't know what they can do. You can make a trade. You can send Chris Stewart out to fight. But it has to start with, with, with the veterans, fellas. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's my you know, assessment. Yeah, and you're not wrong, Neil. I will say this. Um, you know, the guys like JVR and Kevin Hayes, I mean, you, you remember right before Christmas they were actually – playing pretty well. JVR scored a bunch of goals. It was actually the team leader in goals at one point, and then Hayes matched him. So they both, I think they both got 12 goals at this point. Um, uh, so the, you know, they were playing well, and then all of a sudden they stopped. Well, those two guys, the one thing I can say about them is if you look at them over the course of their careers, they're both streaky players, right? And so we're, we're sitting here watching a team that is relying on two very streaky players to provide that second-line offense, when in reality, neither one of them are quite to that level. They're both probably, when they were playing as a third line, that's when they were their best, okay? When they were when they were the third unit that the Flyers were trotting out there. That's when you had Drew playing with Frost. Um, not, not that Morgan Frost was right, and, and Konechny, not that Frost was playing well, um, but Drew and Konechny together as a second line, and then you had Couturier's line was the first line, and it was Hayes JVR on that third line, and they wrote Ray Well, well, so I'm going to I'm going to talk about that in a minute because they're going to put them back together, but um, that to me. Um, was where they belong because that was the matchup, the right matchups that you get, and that's the kind of play that you want there. Expecting them to p- perform at a second level, uh, second line level, is not going to pan out most nights. It just isn't, and so that's part of the problem. I, and the other part of the problem, Neil, I, is that the bottom six, the bottom six of this lineup, is just not good enough to to be uh, competing on a nightly basis again. There's a couple players that are fine, but for the most part, they need more down there, and I think that that's where a trade needs to come in. The bottom six went from being something that uh, uh, three weeks ago we had talked about how deep this team was. Yeah, but it was a facade. We all knew it was a facade. We knew that it was, but we also knew that it wasn't like you were rolling out the Dale Weeses and Yori Lateras on those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, I mean, comparatively to last year, it was still a better group, and even now, you can argue that to some extent you're not you're not hindered by guys like that again. But the problem is you don't have the NHL caliber players, especially in a fourth line capacity or in a meaningful third line capacity. Yeah. Hey, Neil. One thing before we let you go, you mentioned you were out in Glendale. Pretty awesome spot, right? Uh, you know what, man? It, it's a really cool spot. It's like it's in, it's in Westgate, and everything is in this entertainment complex. Yep. Uh, where, where the Cardinals play, there's a David and Buster's, the arena. It's pretty hip, man. I have to admit, it is. It's great. It's it's one of the. I always tell people like they say to me, "Where are some of the best places to go in the NHL on the road?" And I say, "You wouldn't think about it, um, but the, the Arizona Coyotes, what they have outside their stadium, is top five in this league, hands down. It's a really cool spot." Yeah, I I had a good time, man. I had a good time. That's great. Well, yeah. Neil, hey, thanks for giving us a call. We really appreciate it. All right, have a good evening. All right, take care. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a it's one of my favorites. I would say Arizona, Raleigh for the Carolina Hurricanes, yep. Nashville, mm-hmm. although I think people finally got this when Nashville was in the finals a couple years ago, they got to see just how cool Smashville is down there for hockey. Um I think those 3 are probably like and Winnipeg. I would put Winnipeg in there. It's kind of like a surprise place that you don't think is going to be really good because it's in the middle of nowhere in northern Canada and it's snowy and cold and miserable but really cool people and really good spots up there vancouver not as good really vancouver's like an american city okay it really is and vancouver is so the most un-canadian place i've ever been okay it's 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 an extension of seattle (laughs) it's it's two hours north of seattle and it's an extension of it 
I mean, it's not bad. Former Flyer Jordan Wheel. I'll tell you be, what. I'll tell you, with you. I'll tell you another place I like is Calgary. Okay. It's good. They got like that whole um, Western kind of philosophy with cowboy hats and uh-huh. stuff like that. They have a stampede up there. I think Calgary's kind of a cool. So, so if I was putting those five cool places that you don't really think of, like the major cities, like if I was doing my own Kevin Kincaid, Mount Rushmore <laughs> of, of hockey destinations, those would be the ones I would. I would uh, well, if we have listeners out there who are looking at hundreds and thousands of, of uh, frequent flyer miles that they're not going to use, by all means, get <laughs> yeah. in touch with us on Twitter, at Philly at Joy on Broadwell. Gladly take some of those off your hands. So I got some go on a West Coast uh, trip. What's up? So I'm, I mentioned to Neil, I got some some news I wanted to mention. Uh, the the flyers are changing things up. Woo-hoo! I I had mentioned this. This is these are it's funny because these were the almost the to an to a man the exact lines that I had suggested three games ago when they were struggling that they should go to, um, and they're now doing it finally today or for for the game in Carolina that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, top line, Giroux on the wing, left wing, uh, Couture at center, Konechny on the right. Sure. Easily the, the probably the best combination that they could have for a top line, right? And an excellent group from a year ago. Right. And, and it really is the best combination. Cap back into the chemistry that, yep. that was so successful yep. a season ago. Second line, while I don't think this is a good, true second line, oh, it's it, it, they played well when they were together. It's JVR, Kevin Hayes, and Nick Albay-Kubel. All right, so you've got two guys that can play a 200-foot game, and then that allows JVR to try to get it going. Yeah, I, I agree. Fine, that, I agree. that's okay. Um, and they played well. Like I said, they played well together prior to Christmas. Third line, uh, Pitlick on the left wing, which is a new spot. He's usually on the right. Okay. Michael Roffel at center, and Voracek on the right. There's an issue there. What's that? Roffel, I think, played a really solid 4C for the team. He's a fourth-line guy. Early, early in the season. Yeah. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And that kind of threw the team into a little bit of disarray in their bottom six. I don't like the fact that this is is arguably the best lineup they can come up with is having Raffle as, as the 3C. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it, again, you, you, no, I, I they need, it. we talked about this. They need to make a move on this roster, right? Then on the fourth line, Scott Lawton on the left, Misha Vorobiev in the middle, Joel Faraby on the right. What has Misha Vorobiev done? I don't get in, it. Not this call-up, nah. not the previous, not a season I, ago. I, I'm going to make a prediction, Ross. What, what is the point? You want my prediction? Sure. By October, whatever the date will be that the, that the season kicks off. Next season. In 10 yeah. months. Misha Vorobiev will be playing in the KHL. Wow. I don't even think he gets I – don't, I don't think the Flyers bring him back. I don't think another team in this league – Brings him on board. I think he goes home to so Russia. What's the point? Plays. I, I look at this. Th- this is the one thing that I think bothers me to look at is Vorobiev has been given opportunity after opportunity, and I get that there's there have been some injury issues at the AHL level, and that's prevented them from calling up like a Rubtsov, who I think is intriguing enough of a prospect to to want to see him at this level. But as much as I like AV, and as much as I typically tend to go with him knowing his team. I just haven't seen really anything from Vorobiev that that is worth him playing that kind of role at this level. I, I unless he, unless the point is Chuck Fletcher for some reason sees something in Vorobiev and this is AV's way to say I'm going to prove you like I'm going to put this no, guy in a position I, I and like let's let's see how, if the chips fall where they may. I, I don't think it's that, so I, I I don't get it. I'll give I'll give you the answer. The answer is is they're on a road trip. Okay. It doesn't make any sense to. 
call up another kid from the Phantoms to replace Verobia for one more game for one game. Yeah. On the road, just wait till you get home, and then you can make the change. I think that is more likely the scenario. I mean, he's only going to play, you know, eight minutes. Yeah. Fourth line duty. Right, so it's a a heck of a fall for uh, Joel Farabee. Well, it is for now, but I think that Farabee is a guy who can adjust to this. Where, see, I didn't think Frost could. I didn't think Frost could handle the 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 line movement. I'm. I think what we've seen out of Farabee is Farabee can handle playing a little bit less and and not have it affect him like it would have affected Morgan Frost. So that's why Farabee's ahead of him. Um, Two more things I wanted to get to before we take our break. One, Justin Braun is out of the lineup for about three weeks. Um, a groin injury, heard it uh, in the game against Arizona um, in the, in late in the third period. So he's out, uh, which means that uh, Haig, Myers, Gostaspare are all going to be in the lineup. Um, the pairings are Provorov, Niskanen, Sanheim, Myers, Haig, Gostaspare. They're your D pairs. I have a feeling someone's going to have to get called up from the Phantoms to be a seventh defenseman because if, if Braun's going to miss extended time – I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna get they're gonna get away with it here. Just hopefully, hopefully, nothing happens to any of those six guys at the morning skate tomorrow. Um, but they're just basically gonna go with those six guys for tomorrow's game. But I think when they come home, uh, there's probably gonna be a call up of some point of some kind. So, um, yeah. So there's that. And I want to get into this because we'll, we'll you you teased this before the last break. We're gonna te- we're gonna tease it one more time. Talk about it after the next break. But this kind of begins the f- to fuel your argument. Brian Elliott is starting tomorrow in Carolina as opposed to Carter Hart. Which is going to really support the argument. And I know that, listen, we had AV on before the season. We know that he listens to the show, as do many in the Flyers organization, some yes. who are higher ranking than others. <laughs> How you doing? And um, we'll get to this on the other side. But as I said before the last break, and we'll get into it after this one, Carter Hart should not start another game on the road. And this team needs to go 50-50 split the rest of the way. Brian Elliott, road games. Carter Hart, home games. It's the best way to ensure this team finds their maximum success the remainder of the season. We'll get to that on the other side. If you want to give us a call, 888-728-9941. This is Snow the Goalie Radio on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Hey, I'm Russ Joy. I'm Kevin Kincaid. I'm Anthony Sanfilippo. And I'm Bob Wankel. For the best coverage on Philadelphia sports, check out Crossing Broadcast Radio. Right here on 610. ESPN. Philadelphia. We're back here on Snow the Goalie on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Before we move on, we've got to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook. They're officially available in Pennsylvania. As the trusted leader in daily fantasy, DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting, and they're already America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, you'll definitely want to take advantage of the convenience to bet wherever, whenever with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Plus, DraftKings is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know that your funds are safe and secure. And if you're already betting in PA, bet with this book and take advantage of DraftKings' great sign-up offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use our promo code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet just for signing up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Don't forget, sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app, available on both Android and on uh, iOS. We have a a whole explainer guide over on CrossingBroad.com. Sign up with our promo code CROSSINGBROAD to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet of up to $500 only at DraftKings Sportsbook 
Successful San Filippo. Let's go to you. Well, I haven't been successful lately, Russ. I've been uh, a lot like the Flyers, struggling mightily. Uh, the record has plummeted closer to 500. We're now nine and eight in the picks that I've given out. Uh, I think this is. I think I've lost three in a row, uh, or four and four out of five actually. Um, but I'm going to try and get get back on the hump tomorrow night. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, not a great team. They actually have a game at home tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. I don't want to play that one. But tomorrow they're going to go on the road. You say back to back, probably not a good play to play a team on you know the back end of a back to back, especially when they have to travel overnight. But they're playing the Detroit Red Wings, who have lost thirty games already. They are the worst team I've seen in more than a decade. That's this is one of the worst hockey teams I've seen in a long time. What a fall from grace they have! It's and, amazing, and I think that I think that what you'll see is I think you'll see good odds on that game for Montreal tomorrow, being that it's a back to back. Being that they're a road team, and you'll probably get a good a good money line on that. I'd say uh, take the take the Canadian on the road. Well, still probably be a favorite, but it'll probably be a low favor. Be worth good value bet. That's our pick from successful San Filippo. Go check out the DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Crossing Broad when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Deposit bonus requires 25 time playthrough. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. All right, Russ. All right, it's time. You have to explain now. Because this is this is this is almost as bad a, a take. It's not bad. As you know, the, the Eagles are going to trade for DeAndre Stop. Hopkins. Um, you now suggest that the Flyers, who are currently clinging to the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference, that they should, over the, the remaining forty games of the season, do a split as best they can, which I'll break down. But- with Carter Hart only playing games at the Wells Fargo Center. Yep. And Brian Elliott only playing games away from home. Yes. And it starts tomorrow night in Carolina, where we do know that Brian Elliott is the starter uh, you know, against the Hurricanes instead of Carter Hart, which means Hart will play Wednesday against Washington when we're back down at the uh, Wells Fargo for the first time in a couple weeks. Um, doing the press row show. Yes, doing the press row show. So the next two nights will at least start – off supporting your argument. It's I don't the, know if it if it holds though beyond that. It is the beginning of a great streak. And and the big thing about sports is somebody has to be the innovator, right? And that's the thing that changes the game. Elaine Vigneault came on this show, his first ever, to our knowledge, extended face-to-face interview. Did you just say with, first ever? First ever. First ever. I don't remember him ever sitting down with a show, face-to-face, exclusive, extended interview. Um what? First ever. Stop. Is that redundant? Why would it? No. What? Not, what? If it's the first, yeah. you don't need to say ever. No, I'm saying in his career. So, oh, okay, fine. It's the first time. Oh it's first. You don't have Why to say do first have to ever. This? I'm trying to break this thing down. You're going to... Okay. Because you sound... You sound... Here's you the sound thing. Uneducated. No, uneducated. Stop. stop. Here's the thing. If you look at, at Carter Hart's numbers year over year, right? He's getting very close to how many games he played a season ago... In his first in the NHL last year, 31 games played, 30 games started. He had a 2.83 goals against uh, and a uh, 9.17 save percentage. Right now, thus far this season, he's played 29 games, 26 starts, 2.61 goals against, so a slightly better number, save percentage of just .905, a little bit worse. Here's why the home and away matters. Now, if you look at the Brian Elliott numbers, admittedly, he plays better at home as well. This is this is what you would expect to have happen. But his numbers on the road are exponentially better than what Hart's have been. So let's take a look at Carter Hart this season. 
at home, goals against, 1.49 in 14 games, all of those starts. On the road, Carter Hart in 15 games, 12 starts, 4.01. Again, at home, 1.49 goals against, on the road, 4.01. You look even back to a season ago. He played worse at home, 2.98 goals against. Better on the road, 2.48. So it's something weird this season. You can't explain it. He's 21, whatever, live your best life. Save percentage at home this season, 0.947. Away, 0.85. That is a massive disparity. It is. So while you can't necessarily say, hey, Brian Elliott's numbers are elite on the road, because they're not. On the road this season, Brian Elliott has just under a 900 save percentage, 3.19 goals against. That's almost a goal better than what Carter Hart has been on the road this season. Fine. Let's mitigate some of the damage and say Brian Elliott starts on the road. He should be able to. Carter Hart has been better at home. Look at the Flyers' schedule, at least through the next few weeks, and tell me that it it is not a totally implausible thing. Flyers start tomorrow night. They've got Carolina on the road. Brian Elliott. They come home to play the Capitals. It's a 7.30 game. That's a Wednesday night hockey game over on NBC Sports. 7.30. Carter Hart starts. He's got a few days off until Saturday's clash with Tampa Bay. Who would you rather play uh, play against Tampa Bay? Who gives you a better shot? Carter Hart at home. Fine. They don't play again until Monday against the Bruins. Who gives you a better shot against the Bruins? Carter Hart at home. Then you go on the road. This is where you get your break. You don't like the Carter Hart plays three straight? Fine. Fourth game. They've got at St. Louis, play play Brian Elliott. They come home for three more games. Go to Carter Hart, Thursday the 16th against the Canadian. Two days later, they've got the Kings. They should be able to beat the Kings, even though they looked god-awful against the Kings on the road. And then you get a home-and-home with the Penguins. So again, you have three straight. uh, You have two nights off between the Kings game and the Penguins game. You should be able to ride your young franchise goaltender to three straight games at home and they give him a break when you go on the road. You go to the road on the road to Pittsburgh on the 31st. Come home against Colorado, you're on the road against Detroit. Come home against the uh, Devils, you're on the road against the Caps. You come home for Florida, you're on the road again. You get my point. It's a lot of back and forth. The only time if you're really upset about it or maybe you think, "Hey, Carter Hart needs a little bit of time to rest up." You've got the 11th, the 13th and the 15th of February. It's a three-game road trip. They've got the Islanders, the Panthers, and Tampa Bay. I don't think it matters which which team or which goalie necessarily play against Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a tough one. The Islanders should be a winnable game, and, and honestly, so should Florida. So that shouldn't be as big of a deal. Then you alternate again. You have a home-and-home home with the Blue Jackets. You're home against the Jets and the Sharks and the Rangers. Is that the West Side Story homestand? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so he's got two days off in February between the Jets and the Sharks games, and then the same thing again between the Sharks and the Rangers. They go on, it's a home and home with the Rangers uh, to start March. Then they go to Washington. You get the point. People can check out the rest of the schedule. The worst streak until uh, we're here into March, it's three games in a row, either on the road or at home. You should be able to do that with either of these guys. We saw Brian Elliott last year get ridden really into to in the injured reserve list by virtue of him being played too many games in a row, three in a row at the NHL level should be a doable scenario. So here's what's going to here's what the thing is, and, and I know it's not going to happen. He, I get it. No, no. So everybody can like save the vitriol for it. He's, but but the disparity in the numbers, this arguably is the best thing the team could do. Here's the thing, they're not going to do it, but they're going to do it to a point that 
makes you look like it's happening because I look at the, the next handful of games, right? And uh, like I sit there and say, okay, Elliot tonight and then Hart tomorrow. And then it's like, okay, uh, I'm sorry, Elliot tomorrow, Hart on Wednesday. And then I'm like, okay. Then they have like time off, and you're going to get Tampa and Boston, probably Carter Hart. And then they have back-to-back next week. Oh, yeah, they're going to do one Hart, one Elliot. And so it kind of makes sense, right? And then, you know, then the Kings and the, and the Penguins are probably before the break, and it's probably going to be Hart for both of those games at home. And it's going to be like, Russell's going to be like, see? See? I told you guys. I will be full-on yippee chihuahua mode. I told you guys. They're playing Carter Hart at home and Brian Elliott over You're out of the woods, you're out of the line. See? Step into the sun, step into the line. That's what it's going to be. But at some point, they got to play Carter Hart on the road again. They will. Because you know what's going to end up happening? And I bet you it'll be that game in Pittsburgh after the All-Star break. Probably. Because you can't have him have this thing looming over him that, oh, my God, I can't win on the road. they got to get it. They got to resolve that. They, they, if you're going to make the playoffs, he's, you're not alternating goalies in the playoffs. You, you got to have – you're not. You and can't. It I doesn't mean, work. It doesn't work. I go work. back to – It doesn't work. I go work. back to a time – Last decade. You can make a change. Where the you can make a change in the playoffs sure. and go from one goalie to another and then that goalie gets hot and, and carries you. But you can't sit there and go, we're gonna go one guy one game, another guy another game. You just can't. Which is why I'm not fully committed to I, I I do think they should do it. I do think they should do it for at least the next three or so weeks. Do it at least up until the break, and then probably a couple of weeks coming out. But yeah, if you're able to turn around Carter Hart's confidence, get him back in line, and then start to dabble against weaker teams on the road, then I'm totally for it. But right now, there is an issue that that they have not been able to overcome. And here's the negative. Let's just say you stick to the notion of trying to ride Carter Hart, get him back in, get him on, on his game on the road. And let's say it doesn't work. Let's say the next two games they play on the road, they start Carter Hart and he gets shellacked. What's going to be the argument from the team or what's going to be the thing that's going to get him back on track? I understand that you have to try to play yourself out of this, but for me, for a young goaltender at this point, it is worth it to at least get his confidence boosted in the short term. And just by virtue of the way the schedule's set up, you can have this home home road split without it being a, a huge national story. You're right, and you can do it for the next two weeks. But once they get, once they get past the All-Star break, you can't keep it up. You can't. Just because the schedule works out for you that you can do it in the next two weeks. But you can't keep it that way after after the break. we got to wrap this puppy up, but I want to say this real quick. we got three games this week, yep. uh, Carolina tomorrow, and then home against Washington and Tampa. Uh, last week I had them going 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They went 0-3. Oh, I think you had them 1-2. Uh, I might have. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it was 1-2. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we were both wrong. Uh, they went 0-3. Oh, um, uh, this week, this is a brutal stretch. I, I think they'll get one. But I, I don't see them winning more than one this week. I say one and two. Um, this is this is this is where the the rubber meets the road. I think for the Flyers at this at this point in the season. I think we're at a point right now. They they might show out for the national game on uh, on Wednesday night against the Caps. But past that, I'm not ready to commit to anything. And I, I don't necessarily think Carolina goes well. I I think this is a team that needs to get home. So we'll see. And we'll be down there for the press row show. So was that a prediction? I guess so. We'll be down there for the press row show. So check us out over there. Big thank you to Ryan Lennox on the other side of the glass. Stick around. 6 to 7, crossing broadcast here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia.